welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, always. mom. How's always. it going? Always. Um, as always, really good. Good. So today we are having a free-for-all where we talk about whatever book we want and you do the same. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, reading... Um, after we did The Opposite of You last time, mm-hmm. and we loved it, Yes. then I read The Difference Between Us, which I also really, really enjoyed. I'm not crazy about the cover. Mom's got <laughs> issue with beef with the cover. Well, first of all, the guy on it looks 20, and maybe 20, and, you know. Anyway, but moving on from that. Moving on. Just because I'm looking at my Goodreads account right now, and I'm looking at the cover and thinking, oh, it's so disappointing. Um... And then I read my book for today, which, do you want me to say what it is now? Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, I read Not Like the Movies. By Carrie Winfrey. By our own Carrie Winfrey. Yes, I have claimed her as our own. <laughs> and um, uh, and I will talk about that later. Yeah. We have been watching. We're just really into these BuzzFeed shows, you guys. Yes, we really are. <laughs> Um, they're very funny and they get funnier the more time you spend with the, the guys. The two guys in it. It's called BuzzFeed Unsolved and there's true crime and then there's supernatural. And the true crime ones are fun and we enjoy those, but the supernatural ones are where they're really funny because the one guy is like petrified of ghosts and they go ghost hunting and the other guy is like, I don't care. Total skeptic. Total, doesn't believe in ghosts at all. Total skeptic. He's always like, he walks up, he's like, hey, ghosts, the boys are here. <laughs> and um, it just is delightful. And we, we find it quite charming. Yeah, they're, they're pretty funny. Um, then we also started watching Playing House, a rewatch of Playing yes. House. Which if that's, okay, that is very romance adjacent viewing. If you've never watched that, um, it's kind of hard to find. Just log on to mom's Amazon account. She's got the first couple seasons on there. Um, no, but it's really cute. I recommend seeking it out. It's very, like, girl powery. It is streaming in some places. It just wasn't places that I had yeah. access to. But um, very girlfriendy. Um, yeah. Like, girl power yes. girlfriends. With some with some romance. And then there's even more romance as it goes along, yeah. too. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, Uh, we also watched Bill and Ted because we're going (laughs) to... The original Bill and Ted. Yeah, we're going to watch, we're going to watch the third one. I had never seen any of the Bill and Ted's. It's like a a black hole in my 80s knowledge, which I have an extensive amount of for someone that was born in 87. Um, But yeah, I had never seen it. So we watched the first one and we're going to watch the third one coming up here. Yes, and we're excited about Mulan coming out, and there's yep. just so much, you know. Finally, stuff is starting. And I get my hair cut tomorrow. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> yeah, Mom's very excited about that. <laughs> um, okay, so since we last spoke, um, I had also read the second book after The Opposite of You, which was the only... The, the Difference Between the Us. The Difference Between Us. But you had read it, I think, I even think before I'd, we recorded yeah, last I think I had finished it. And so then I read The Problem with Hin by Rachel Higginson, and the something about her by Rachel Higginson. So I finished that series. What I will say is those books I think um, do better not read back to back. There's a lot of similarities in plot, plotting, and pacing um, that are much more noticeable if you read them back to back. 
and they kind of start to feel very samey when read back to back. Well, and, they, and you kind of get sucked into their inner dialogue. Yeah, there's a lot of inner dialogue in those books. And so reading four of them in a row was a little like, okay, I, I get it. <laughs> um, and then I read The Siren and the Deep Blue Sea by Carolyn Sparks. Uh, which is kind of the culmination of her Embrace series, but she kind of sets it up to maybe do a second Embraced series. Um, I really liked it. They're both just adorable. And especially if you've liked the other books in that series, it's... Plus, we've been waiting for this book. I mean, like, they've... Yeah. We've seen it coming, and it's been building, and yeah, so we're very excited one. about this one. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, and then I read Teach Me by Olivia Dade, um, which I liked a lot. Um, which I'm in the middle of reading right now. Yes. I liked it. Um, it's kind of slow burny. It's um, an older, you know, in their 40s, early 40s, I think they both are. Um, I liked it. Uh, I, this is... I don't have a problem with this. I'm trying to figure out how to... Um, I think it tries a smidge too hard to be woke. I don't have a problem with being woke. I encourage being aware of current events and being sensitive to other people's feelings. Um, it goes out of its way, though, to really be that. Um you know that so that's my only quibble and um yeah that's all I, I'll say and i wanted to read it because of the teacher aspect of yep. it because i have some experience in that area um i have to say that so far what i do 1000% agree with is the stupid political politics that come from like the district or from yeah. just I knew you were going to have playing mind games that. with the teachers and um in their brain this sounds like a good idea but anyone who spent any time teaching would be able to look at it and say you are a freaking moron and I can't tell you how many times that would happen every year I'd think they can't possibly make it worse than it was last year and every year they would somehow yeah. it got worse <laughs> Um, and then I read my book that, uh, I'm going to be talking about today, which is By a Thread by Lucy Score. Um, and now I have started the first book in the Ice Planet Barbarians series, which we did, uh, book like 13, I think, on the Ice Planet podcast. Uh, go listen to that if you're interested. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of fun with that. And I liked that book enough where I was like, yeah, I... I'd be interested in, like, reading some more of these crazy <laughs> zany books. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm reading the first one right now. Um, and that's what I've been reading. I know. Ellen's been reading Fiend lately. Yeah. It's crazy when you're unemployed. Um, how many books you can fit in? I'm unemployed. I don't get that many books in. <laughs> but I'm a much slower reader than Ellen. You are. Um, okay. So, today we're going to try a new thing that we are calling the free-for-all. How it's going to work is that Mom and I are both, uh, we have both picked a book that we wanted to read. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. And we have also opened it to send, for you to send in your own, what I'm calling book reports, uh, for a book that you have recently read. Uh, and you guys really delivered. Like, 
Yeah, we were excited. Yeah, you've really made us so happy, and we're just so excited to get to hear from so many of you, and, like, I didn't even get any things that I have to read. You guys don't know how happy that makes me. <laughs> I told Ellen when we were when she was setting this up, I said, we should probably shouldn't have ever done this because everyone's going to realize how easy it is what we do. <laughs> Everyone thinks we're so special because we do this podcast, but you're all going to realize, oh, this is no big deal. This isn't that hard. <laughs> that hard the voice memo app which is you guys a lot of you i know use the voice memo app and um when we started that's all we that's what we started with yeah um on our phone recording on our phone graduated a bit um but yeah so it's kind of funny um okay so first i'm going to kick it over to mom for her book report so mom what have you been reading well (laughs) you just asked me what have i been reading the book i read for this was um uh, not like in the movies. Not like the movies. Not like the movies. That's what I meant. <laughs> that Carrie Winfrey. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I yeah. thought it was super cute. Just, well, just like, you know, the Tom Hanks book. Yeah. Which I can't remember. Waiting for Tom Hanks. Waiting, that one. Waiting for Tom Hanks. Um, very cute. Very fun. Kind of slow burny. But um, the thing I really liked about this book, this is what really stood out to me, was um, that... The main guy, and of course I can't remember his name right now. Of course. Is it? Don't ask me. You know I can't remember <laughs> these things. Um, I'm pulling it up, but you keep talking. Okay. Um, he wasn't described like they're usually described. He was. He sounded like a normal guy. He was tall and lanky and, you know, kind of had a hairy chest. And Chloe and Nick. Nick. I knew that. I knew that because it was Zoe and Rick in the movie. Yeah. And... Um, uh, he sounded like a normal guy, and I was like, you know what? It's good not to hear that he's super muscular and crazy fit and, and uh, you know, hitting the gym all the time. Because, you know, I was telling Ellen, I said, so many of our the heroes in our books always have this same kind of build. Physique. Yeah, physique. It's like, man, it's like, I feel like we're objectifying these men. I mean, if, if men read books where every girl had big boobs and small waist and... We would be offended by that, and yet here we kind of do the same thing, so it's not yeah. really very fair. But, uh, so I was glad that he just sounded like a normal guy. I mean, he was nice looking, apparently, but, um, you know, and you got to appreciate that. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of nice looking guys out there that aren't necessarily built like... Jacked. Yeah. You know, yeah. with with the abs and the... Anyway, um, so that was pleasant. I enjoyed that about the book, and... Um, just she was a bit of a hot mess she had stuff she had to deal with and um had to get over and watching her journey through all of it it was i enjoyed it yeah they didn't have any i mean she's going through stuff but i don't remember because i read this a a little while ago i don't ever remember being like annoyed or frustrated with her to the extreme and we should say in the in waiting for tom hanks annie is writing a movie screenplay that's kind of inspired by the flirty will they won't they of her friend chloe and her boss at the coffee shop nick and so this is chloe and nick's Nick's story and um, and it's kind of like as the movie is coming out there's all this kind of publicity about how it's inspired by them and and, you know they're getting ready for the premiere and of the movie and she just feels like her life is a mess and 
because she does have a lot of stuff going on and mm-hmm. she's dealing with a lot of stuff and and she kind of you know has a bit of a breakdown actually but um you know he's so sweet and he helps her he's trying to be so helpful and then finally you know he just has to walk away because she's being crazy yeah and um anyway it all turns out in the end yes as, as, it as does. they do yeah and it was just cute and fun yeah Definitely, if you're looking for just, like, kind of a lighthearted, sweet... Extremely mom-friendly, which, yeah. thanks, Carrie. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it's very fade to black. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, so we used Waiting for Tom Hanks, but if you're, if you've got a friend that you're not sure is ready for the sexy times or something, um, and just kind of wants an ease into, and just kind of likes rom-coms and things like that, I, these are great books yeah. for that excellent for that yeah in fact we recommend them quite a bit to some of our friends who don't read romance but want to get started or try it out or yeah um okay thanks mom that's maybe not the last that we're gonna hear about not like the movies (laughs) someone else read it yeah um okay so now we're going to uh kick it over to some of you to hear what you guys have been reading first we're going to hear from cassie so let's hear what she's been up to Hi everyone, this is Cassie. For the summer free-for-all, I chose to read What the Wind Knows by Amy Harmon. I would describe it as a historical fiction, historical romance with a touch of sci-fi or maybe magical realism. Um, It was amazing. It really blew me away. I'm going to read the back cover description since I'm not crafty enough to come up with my own. Um, So it says, In an unforgettable love story, a woman's impossible journey through the ages could change everything. Anne Gallagher grew up enchanted by her grandfather's stories of Ireland. Heartbroken at his death, she traveled to his childhood home to spread his ashes. There, overcome with memories of the man she adored and consumed by a history she never knew, she is pulled into another time. The Ireland of 1921, teetering on the edge of war, is a dangerous place in which to awaken. But there Anne finds herself, hurt, disoriented, and under the care of Dr. Thomas Smith, guardian to a young boy who is oddly familiar. Mistaken for the boy's long-missing mother, Anne adopts her identity, convinced the woman's disappearance is connected to her own. As tensions rise, Thomas joins the struggle for Ireland's independence, and Anne is drawn into the conflict beside him. Caught between history and her heart, she must decide whether she's willing to let go of the life she knew for a love she never thought she'd find. But in the end, is the choice actually hers to make? I loved this book. I can't say enough about it. I don't want to get too deep into it and give away any spoilers, but it it is obviously from the description a time travel book. So a modern age woman, I believe she was from 2001, um, is accidentally transported back to 1921 Ireland. And it was just stunning. Amy Harmon's writing is breathtaking always. And this one was no different than any of her other books that I've read. Um I just loved the love story, obviously. The hero was very understated. He was a strong, quiet kind of hero, which I appreciated. Um, Anne was a fantastic heroine. I loved the way that the author explored family bonds um, and the importance of knowing your family history and just your 
ties to um, your family line that you might not even be aware of and how that affects your future. Um, It really was so good. I can't recommend it enough. I don't want to say too much and give anything away, but if you've read any of Amy Harmon's books, you know that she's a fantastic author. Um, We read Making Faces for one of the earlier podcast episodes, and that's by Amy Harmon. She's just awesome. Her work is astounding. Uh, This was an easy five-star read for me. I mean, I knew probably a quarter of the way into it that it was going to be a five-star read and it did not let me down. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it. Um, And I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else read. Okay, have a good day. Thank you so much, Cassie. Um, I have also read that book. Yeah. And I also loved it. And um, I agree with everything she said. It really was interesting to read um, (laughs) about the conflicts back then in Ireland, and it made me go down a rabbit hole of looking into Michael Collins and all these different uh, leaders that were in the book. And um, also, because we'd been watching Dairy Girls, it's just interesting to me that these same uh, problems problems existed all the way through, you know, Ireland's been struggling with all of this stuff for so long. To the 1990s and to a certain extent still, Yes, you know. So, um, yeah, it was such an interesting read. And um, especially if you have any kind of family history from Ireland, it's... Yeah, it which, would be, which we do. Yeah, it would be really, um, it's really interesting. Yeah, and, I've, I keep meaning to read another Amy Harmon book just because we loved, if you guys, if you have not listened to the Making Faces episode, we loved that book and we cried even throughout the whole podcast episode. Um, <laughs> and so I've been meaning to read more of her just because her writing is so beautiful. Well, and I want to read her Pioneer one, which I... which. Someone. Maybe we're not going to, maybe this is not the last we hear from Amy Harmon. Um, Cassie, thank you so much. So that was Cassie with What the Wind Knows by Amy Harmon. Um, next, let's hear from Deanna about what she's been reading. Hi, everyone. This is Deanna, and I read The Air Affair by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. This is the follow-up to their first book, The Royal We. The books are told from American Rebecca Bex Porter's perspective. The first book takes her from meeting Prince Nicholas of Great Britain, future king, to them becoming friends, starting a relationship, etc., etc., and eventually ends just prior to Bex walking down the aisle. Spoiler alert. The second book starts soon after their wedding, and all is not well with the newlyweds. Scandal has occurred, and they start the book in hiding. The story follows Bex and Nick as they try to do an insane amount of damage control so the public and the royal family will welcome them back, all while while figuring out who they are now and how to deal with it. So at this point, I'm sure you're thinking uh, this sounds really familiar. Yes, the story is loosely based on William and Kate, but not really. They were the inspiration, but the authors wanted to twist the story a bit and write about what they thought it would be like if the prince fell in love with an American commoner. The first book, The Royal We, was written in 2015, well before Meghan Markle came on the scene. The second book came out just this past July, but both books have plot elements that actually did end up happening after each was published. It's kind of freaky, actually, and the authors mention it in their acknowledgments at the end of The Air Affair. I really loved both books, but I'd have to say that I liked the first one more than the second. Both books have great characters and dialogue, and it's a lot of fun to read the exaggerated book version 
version of real life royals. Also, the authors run a blog called Go Fug Yourself, F-U-G, where they discuss, quote, fugly celebrity fashion disasters, red carpet roundups, royals, and TV recaps. It's pretty entertaining. I've been following it for many, many years, and I recommend you all check it out. That's all for me. Hope everyone is doing well, and let's rank some book villains soon. Yes, it's Deanna who's been uh, hardcore about the... We need to do the bracket about the villains. So I I need to get that going, Deanna. I, I promise I will. Um, so, yeah, I had no idea that the Go Fug Yourself writers were who wrote The Royal We and The Air Affair. Um, I've been familiar with Go Fug Yourself for a, a while. But, um, yeah, uh, that is crazy that those are so closely tied to what's been going on over over there across the pond. Across the pond, yeah. as they say. Yes. Um, okay, thanks so much for that. I, obviously, we can't speak too much to that one because... Neither one of us have read it. Neither but... one of us have read it. But uh, thank you for that, Deanna. So again, that was The Air Affair by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. Uh, now, let's kick it over to Jen S. I'm using some initials um, to hear what she's been reading. Hi, it's Jen here. The book I want to talk about is My Oxford Year by Julia Whalen. Julia Whalen is an award-winning audiobook narrator. She's definitely one of my faves. So if you're interested in this book, I highly recommend listening to the audiobook. Julia narrates it and she is fabulous. She does all the British accents, both male and female, it's just, it's wonderful. It's, it's an experience just to listen to the audiobook. Anyways, this book is about a girl, Ella. She's American. She's from Ohio. She, it was her dream since 13 of becoming a Rhodes Scholar. She achieves that. She's on her way to Oxford. And that's when she gets a phone call offering her her dream job, which is to work on a political campaign being... Uh, an educational consultant. She accepts the job, but she says she has to work from Oxford until she's finished her her Rhodes Scholarship, which which is in June. And they're fine for that. They say just we'll see you June. We'll see you in June. So that's the premise. Her first day in Oxford is when we have the meet cute with her and the hero. And I won't call it a meet cute because it's more like a meet ugly because things go terribly wrong. <laughs> she gets very annoyed with the hero. Words are spoken. I won't spoil it from you. It's quite funny. And uh, yeah, she's very annoyed by this guy. Then fast forward to her first day of class. <laughs> She's sitting in class in a lecture, and lo and behold, who is her professor? But Mr. Annoying, his name is Jamie Davenport. He's our hero. He's British. She's so charming and witty and funny. So sparks fly in this lecture. He kind of calls her out on things. It's it's a great scene. Um, I highly recommend it. Anyways... That's so that's the meat cute there. They obviously have a chemistry. She finds out 
Ella finds out from her new friends. And let me tell you, the friends are great. They're they're funny and witty and just interesting. The side characters I love. Anyways, they let her know that Jamie is not a relationship guy. He's a three-date max person, and then he's on to the next woman. And she, Ella, actually doesn't do relationships either. She's always been so focused on becoming a Rhodes Scholar and her political ambitions that she's she's not a relationship person either. So when sparks fly between them, they figure, well, she figures, well, I'm here and I have a job to go home to. So why don't we just have a relationship until June? There's no strings attached because I'm... I'm gone. I have a job to go back to in June. This half of the book is so flirty and funny, such great banter and British wit. It is, it's just amazing. And then we, and then there's a turn to the angst. And I'm just warning you now, it gets a little angsty, but I'm telling you, even in the second half of the book, that's angsty. There still are lighthearted moments. There's still like the British wit and everything. So stick with it. Don't let it overwhelm you. This book actually reminds me a lot of Beauty and the Mustache, where it's heartbreaking, but there's humor and there's romance. So just keep in that keep in mind. Jamie is a professor of poetry. So this book has a lot of poetry references, literature ref- like English literature references. It's so beautiful. And that, and that also reminds me of Beauty and the Mustache. All the beautiful poetry and and philosophical <laughs> philosophical discussions. I just love it. Like it's just it's a beautiful book. And I will tell you it's the true definition of romance. So if you're worried about the angst, it is the true definition of romance, if you get what I mean. Anyways, overall, I love this book. I love the wit, the humor. I love all the characters. I love the setting. And and just and Julia Whelan's writing is so beautiful, so poetical and philosophical, and I just highly recommend it. I really really love this book. And they said they were going to make this into a movie, but they they said that a long time ago. So I, I'm not sure if that's still happening. I hope to see it on the screen one day. Anyways, that's my Oxford year. I love the book. And I highly recommend the audiobook. Bye. All right. Thank you, Jen. So that was Jen with My Oxford Year by Julia Whalen. Um, British Academia. Yes. Uh, and you know how those no string attached things go in the <sighs> romance world. Um, it never works. Never works. When will they learn? There's these, always strings, baby. There's these, always strings. These romance heroes and heroines. Um, so thank you for that, Jen. Um, you have me intrigued. I mean, all of that setup, that meet cute is like catnip for me. So, um, (laughs) count me in. Um, okay. Next up, by the way, with these, I feel like I'm like a 
MTV VJ or something like a exactly next up on the (laughs) coming in at number ten. Okay, Uh, we have Jess with uh, with what she's been reading lately. So let's hear from Jess. Hi, Mom and Ellen. It's Jess. I am calling to give my book report on a book I just finished the other day and absolutely loved, uh, 40 Love by Olivia Dade. It's the second in her There's Something About Marysburg series, but it's definitely a complete standalone book. Although I really liked the first book in the series, Teach Me, about two high school teachers in their 40s who find love, but you definitely don't have to read that to read 40 Love. So anyway, 40 Love is a romance about Tess Dunn, an assistant vice principal at a high school who takes a vacation to celebrate her 40th birthday, and Lucas Carlson, a 26-year-old Swedish former professional tennis player who now gives lessons at the resort where Tess is vacationing. The book opens with an amazing meet-cute. Tess loses her bikini top in the ocean and calls over Lucas, who at that point is a stranger, to help her so she doesn't actually uh, accidentally flash a group of kids who are uh, heading her her way. Um, She ends up using Lucas as a human shield and plastering her naked breasts against his bare back. And the jokes and the banter between the two of them start right up, right there. Um, Tess has a hard time kind of believing that this hot younger guy, um, you know, who's like really fit. He's I think six, six. Uh, so he's tall that he's flirting with her, but after Tess's best friend and travel buddy books her for some private evening one-on-one tennis lessons with Lucas, uh, Tess finds out that Lucas is most definitely interested in her and they begin a vacation fling. So that's, the basic setup of the book, and I don't want to go too much more into it, but um, I just loved the book so much. I, I think Tess and Lucas are characters you can't help but root for, and they have amazing chemistry. The sexy times are really hot, by the way, and there's one line that Lucas uses during one of their encounters that calls back to an earlier tennis lesson, and I started fanning myself so much. It was so hot. <laughs> Um, I also loved that uh, Tess and Lucas really get to know one another, even though it's at that point still kind of like a vacation fling. And they actually communicate and talk. Um, Lucas is really uh, quite a cinnamon roll type hero. He listens, he shows up, he has emotional maturity despite his younger age. Um, Tess is, you know, the confident, smart, determined ambitious and curvy heroine that you know you can't help but love and I also really thought like the ending was great and the epilogue was pretty perfect too and overall I just think this was the perfect kind of end of summer uh end of summer vacation type book and I would highly recommend it so that's my book report thanks Thank you, Jess. Um, yeah, like I said, I just read Teach uh, Me. Mom's reading Teach Me. Heyo. And so, 26 and 40. Yeah. Uh, get it, girl. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I saw that this was the next one. And I am intrigued. I was actually, because I knew that Jess had sent in this a book report on this book, I was going to wait and see what Jess had to say about 40 Love by Olivia Dade. Um, and, yeah. And I will say, like, 
tennis is maybe the one sport I sort of know a little bit about. <laughs> I, I've taken and, some tennis lessons in my life. Played I don't a fair, remember it being sexy, but <laughs> I've played a fair bit of it. Um, so that has me intrigued. But yeah, the, that meet cute and the premise. Um, and 6-6. Six, six. Wow. And what? Six, oh, yes, six. Yeah, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like gargantuan. That's yeah. a very tall person. That's a tall drink of water uh, right there. <laughs> okay, so thanks for that, Jess. Again, that was 40 Love by Olivia Dade. Uh, next, let's kick it over to Catherine to hear what she has been reading. On Twitter a few years ago, there was this whole interaction between Cory Booker and Mindy Kaling and the New Jersey transit system for some reason where Twitter basically encouraged Mindy Kaling and Cory Booker to go out on a date and they kind of agreed to it and all of that and I was very invested in this whole thing which is why Party of Two was a great read for me um, because what the hero Max is a junior senator from California kind of like Kamala Harris he was also a prosecutor before then um, and he's white and he um, grew up in Beverly Hills and Olivia, she's a lawyer who just moved to California and obviously love ensues. I really think that it was so engaging. There are lots of cakes and pies and interestingly, a lot of the stuff that y'all weren't a huge fan of in Jasmine Guillory's first book I feel like it was almost like Ellen and mom sat down with her and she was like, oh, great point, and then wrote this book. I know that obviously isn't what happened, but the conflict especially stood out to me as something that was so specific to these characters. And when this time of the pandemic and having a hard time concentrating on one book, what keeps me reading past the 70% mark is a conflict that I would not be able to figure out how the couple should solve it. And so I have to just keep reading to find out what they're going to do. And I felt like this book did have that. Um, I kept an eye out for y'all and people didn't turn off their phones um, as the main conflict. So if anyone is like me and has a lot of questions about how a sitting senator is going to find love, how dating works when whoever you go out with could potentially become the first lady of the United States one day based on your career ambitions, then I think Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory would also be something you'd want to read. And that's my book talk. Uh, y'all take care. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, so that was Catherine with Party of Two by Ga- Jasmine Guillory. I would like to think that all authors listen to our podcast <laughs> yeah. and then write their books accordingly. Yeah, how dare you assume <laughs> that Ka- that Jasmine Guillory did not just <laughs> write an entire book based of, off our criticisms. Um, yeah, we pretty, at least famously to us, um, did not like the wedding date. Um, and I particularly remember me going after it pretty hard. Did you? Because um, I was the good cop. But in that listen, one. there was like a contingency of us uh, romance podcasts who we started like a, a direct message about how we just really didn't like that book. <laughs> um, but uh, I I have been curious. I've been kind of keeping an eye on you know her well, release. People love her books. Yeah, people and well, people really liked the wedding date. And um, what do people know? <laughs> What do other people know, though? Um, so I've been kind of keeping an eye to see if she has another book out that um, 
sounds intriguing. I think this one does. And Catherine, I appreciate you looking out for us yes, in the thank you. turning off cell phones. And <laughs> um, and I think that's a good point that Catherine made about um, conflicts. conflicts and how if it's something where you don't even know how you would take care of it, yeah, you do want to keep reading. And so point well made, Catherine. You have me intrigued. Um, so again, that was Catherine with Party of Two by Jasmine Guillory. Uh, let's hear from Kelsey about what she has been reading. So I just finished The Damned by Renee Adia. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, it is book two. The first book is called The Beautiful. It is a vampire series. It is not your typical gritty vampire story with blood and gore. So some people are a little disappointed, but I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed book one. Book two, I enjoyed tremendously. Um, I loved to see the development of the characters, Bastion and Celine, and how they each developed in their own ways and how they developed together, their romance together. Bastion becomes a vampire at the end of the beautiful so in The Damned, you get to see his coming to terms in the sense because he never wanted to become a vampire. So you come see him come to terms and then, you know, kind of decide that he wanted he wants to be a better man than what he was. So he's going to become better, which I really enjoyed because he came to this conclusion on his own and he wants to. And he respects Celine, and he doesn't force her to do anything because it takes place around, like, Victorian-ish times. Um, and it takes place in New Orleans, which, ugh, New Orleans is so beautiful. I would love to go. But you get, you have just all of these things that just come together, and it's, it was just so good. So good. I was so disappointed it was over. I can't wait until book three because I can't wait to see what happens to Bastion and Celine, more development for them. I don't trust Celine's mother, so I want to see if my hunches are right with her. But if you like vampire stories and you're okay with them not being super gritty, but you have vampires and some romance and New Orleans and lots of fashion, then these books are phenomenal. I uh, just, I can't wait. And I would really like to put her other books on my TBR list and see how they are. Okay. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, yeah, that setting, yeah, you know, has, has got me. Um, I, uh, I went to New Orleans for my 30th birthday. New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, and they have, I went on a ghost tour, which was a lot of fun. Um, but they also have vampire tours. That is a spooky city. I'm just going to say that. There's a lot of lore that is. I wonder why that is. <laughs> why did that become the spooky city? I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, but it's got a lot of uh, spooky history in that in that town. Um, well, on our BuzzFeed show, they go to New Orleans. Yes, they do. A couple times. Um, thank you. That is a... I've never heard of that author nor the book, so um, I'm I'm intrigued, and I do like a, a vampire book now and then. Um, so maybe check that out as we head into you know autumn and it gets a little bit more spooky outside. Um, 
Okay, so that again, that was Kelsey with The Damned by Renee Adia. I um, thank you for understanding our pain in trying to sometimes <laughs> to pronounce, pronounce these names. Authors' names. Um, okay, next we have um, a bit of a three-way. That sounds dirty, but um, <laughs> Megan, singular male listener Jason, and Jessica got together and did a joint book report, which I love this idea. Um, and so they have their own little mini podcast going. How so cute are they? Let's hear what they have been reading together. Hi, Ellen and Mom. It's Megan and Jason and Jessica, and we decided to read the same book, her book club this month or this week. And I have been nominated to give you guys the synopsis. We read A Sorceress of His Own by Diane Duvall. And it is about a 16 year old young sorceress. She's called a gifted one and she's from a family of gifted ones. Um, She is in love with an Earl who saved her grandmother and she decides to replace her grandmother as his wise woman and go be there to be with him. Um, so her family agrees as long as she disguises herself as an old woman. He's an Earl who is chivalrous and a badass warrior. Megan wanted me to say that. And, um, when she heals wounds, she takes on the wound. That's very important to know. So she serves him for seven years. It skips ahead seven years. So they've been together for a long time. He's an advisor. She's his advisor and healer. And he is given another piece of land from the king. This all takes place in England in medieval times. And um, the other guy does not want his land stolen. So he starts getting into all kinds of shenanigans and trickery and battles to try to stop it. There's lots of, you know, danger and near-death experiences. But at the end, they, the hero and heroine save the day, of course. And there's a happily ever after. So since this is Jason's, one of his favorite books, and it was his idea to read it, we're going to let him talk first about why he likes it and his favorite part. Okay. I love this book. It was the first paranormal romance I had read. So her undying love, her willingness to die for him at the drop of a hat just cracked me up and sometimes even makes you sad. It can make, there's some dust in this book that'll get people's eyes, but just the overall, their true love for each other, even before they realize who each other are, before he realizes she's young. It's just a really good book. And I love this book. All right, Miss Megan, your favorite, uh, your swootiest moment and why you like the book. Um, Okay, so surprisingly, even though there's so many swoony moments between the hero and heroine, one of my swooniest parts is actually between the the heroine and the hero's brother, not romantic. It's that it's really illustrating their relationship growing kind of in a brother-sister way because he was very prejudiced against her to start off with because he was wary of her being a witch and, and all her magical powers. And he decides that he's going to turn the rest of the community and their like everyone around the castle and their uh, prejudice back on themselves because of all of their suspicions. And it's just, it's so cute. He like, <laughs> He convinces, like, the horse master, like, that everyone should be afraid of him because he's so good with horses, and, like, it's just so cute, and I I loved it so much, and just their relationship was really special, too, and and I even did get a little teary-eyed in this book, which is not 
normal for me. So I did, there was, it was so funny too. That's what I loved it. It was so funny. It was hugely action packed, but quick action. Like I like in romance. And then it was so hilarious though. Their banter was so funny. And especially, um, Dylan, the hero's internal monologues were so funny. Um, I just loved this book. It was so good. It was so good. Okay. So, um, my things I liked about this book, um, this is Jessica. Um, I guess we should have said who we were so they could yeah. mine and yours voices. That was Megan. This is Jessica. Um, my two favorite subgenres together, historical and paranormal. So big bonus. Um, medieval equals all the good guys were super chivalrous and that was very fun. Um, and then, um, I am a sucker for a sickbed scene and the sickbed scenes in this book are epic. Everybody almost dies. <laughs> And there are amazing sickbed scenes. And so we decided uh, that I'm going to read my swooniest moment. It's a quote from the book. It was so good. And if this doesn't get all of the no yomos reading this book, I don't know what will. Um, she says, I choose not to live in a world without you in it. And then the hero says, then do not condemn me to a similar fate. Do not leave me. I need you. You were right that night when we talked of the woman I longed to have by my side to grow old with. She does exist, but if you die, you will take her with you and deny me the happiness I have sought. Stay with me, please, and I shall spend the rest of my days thanking you. Dead. <sighs> I'm dead. Come over. Just dead. Yeah. Wound. Well, that was A Sorceress of His Own by Diane Duvall. And thank yeah, and Jason has been trying to get us to read this book for almost a year since we started our Immortals After Dark reads at the beginning of the year, and he's been talking about this book, how much it's his favorite, and I'm so glad we finally read it for the free-for-all. It was our, I loved it. I think now we were trying to decide four and a half or five stars. I think I've convinced myself it's five stars for sure. All right. I'll give it well. I'll go back and change my Goodreads. I had put four, but she's right. <laughs> All right. Bye, Ellen and mom. Thank you. Bye. Well, they had me at sickbed scenes. Yeah. I mean, you guys were doing a pretty good job. And then you mentioned sickbed scenes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned that, um, that was so fun. And they sent us like their Zoom video um, of their call together. So it was just fun to see you guys. Yeah. And I love that you guys have like your own little sub reading group. I think that's so fun. <laughs> Um, so that, yeah, you guys, I, the thing is, is like, we're having a break week next week and now I feel like I'm just going to spend the next couple weeks reading all these books. Reading that all these books that everyone keeps recommending. recommending. Um, so that sounds really good. And it's a lot of, uh, you guys are really mixing it up too with the paranormals and the historical fictions and things like that. And I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, medieval paranormal mm. that sounds pretty good yeah you guys you guys might have swayed me there i was a little worried when they said she was 16 but then as when they said that it moved on from yes, there yes i was okay all right okay I'm good. okay okay uh, so again that was megan jason and jessica f i feel like we need to say those now um with a sorceress of his own by diane duvall thank you guys for doing that and putting that together for us um, okay, for now we're going to take a little break, um, take care of an item of business, and uh, when we come back we'll be hearing what I read and more from you guys, so stay tuned. It's time for a break! It's time for a break! The break is when we do the news and mail! 
Okay, Mom, you are taking care of our item of business today. I am taking care of our item of business. And speaking of Jessica F., yeah. um, I have the drawing for... June. July. July. <laughs> the July trope, which I believe was the enemies to lovers month. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was correct. Okay, that's what we're going with. Uh, so, again, I, say, I go through this every time, but Jessica is running her trope challenge on the group, um, which I, I did this month. Um, and I'm sure I read an Enemies to Lovers in July. It's well, bound to have happened. Well, so many of them are Enemies to Lovers. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, even the, because um, we talked about this before. Well, in July. That's hard. I don't remember that far long ago. Yeah. It's, that far it's, long ago. That's, that's not a, grammatically correct. Yeah. But. Um, so, Mom, who is the winner of the July Trope Challenge? Well, I seriously picked a random number. It's not going to sound like it. <laughs> but, um... The winner is our dear friend Nara. Nara, um, who has won a child, who has won a, a contest on here before. So mm, sorry if that's no, not not the trip challenge. So I think she still okay. I think she still can get it. Um, so congratulations to Nara. Um, Jessica will be in touch on how to get you your prize internationally. So, yes. So thank you for uh, doing that. Jessica, it's been a lot of fun, and um, we'll see who wins for August next month. So Which is the teacher books. Yes, teacher governess books. Teacher governess nanny. It's kind of a... Yeah. I mean, so this episode is coming out on the 31st, so you have, you know, 12 hours oh, at this point right. to, to read a, a teacher governess book. Well, but I'm reading one right now. So am I. <laughs> but we are not eligible. I, I don't know. What? No, Jessica. We don't need to be eligible. <laughs> joking um so that's it for the break and our bit of news let's get back to uh to the show welcome back um so it's been so fun to be hearing from you guys we're gonna come back to one of us um so that because you know it's still our show yeah and we don't like to not talk wow It's very hard for us. <laughs> we have opinions. They must be heard. <laughs> yeah. um, I read By a Thread by Lucy Score, and um, I think I'm going to give this one a love. It's a light love, but I think I'm going to give it a love. Um, it's about Dominic and Allie. He's a grumpy, what, executive at a high-profile fashion magazine. She's a server at a pizza restaurant. Um until he gets her fired when she doesn't back down from a confrontation with him. To make amends for her loss of employment, Dominic's mother hires Allie to come onto the team at their fashion magazine, and she is just desperate enough for money to accept being Dominic's employee. Uh, Tempers clash, sexual frustrations rise, and Dominic and Allie are forced to accept that maybe they don't hate each other as much as they pretend to. No way. Um, Yeah. So this book is like if you take a dash of Devil Wears Prada and Pride and Prejudice with like a whole lot more heat than either of those has in them. Um, And I was honestly surprised at how much heat is in this one because I don't remember. We've done Worst Best Man and Rock Bottom Girl uh, by Lucy Score on the show. And I don't remember that much heat in either one of those, but this one gets pretty, pretty fuego. Um, (laughs) 
I loved the enemies to lovers friction and they really have some great banter. Um, it gets a light love from me just because he really makes some dumb decisions in the later part of the book. And then throughout, she's she is a bit kind of too bullheaded and stubborn. Um, she's very, she's got to like maintain her pride. And so she does a lot of stuff where I'm like, if you just like reach out to these people who want to help you, including our hero, um, you wouldn't have to do these things that she does. Granted, like at one point, because she has a sick father and so she's trying to, she's working all these jobs to try and um, take care of him. And at one point, um, she maybe decides to strip at amateur night at her friend's strip club. And, um, he is there, of course. Of course. <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> um, it leads to a, one of those fuego scenes I was talking about. Um, Stripping usually does. Huh? <laughs> well, there might be like a back room scene <laughs> that takes place after. Of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot. So she's pretty stubborn throughout, which sometimes got frustrating, but then he is the one that makes the dumbest decision towards the end. Um, but if spicy Devil Wars Prada meets Pride and Prejudice sounds good to you, like just that description, then I think you'll be hard pressed to not enjoy this book. Um, good banter, fun. It's almost, it's kind of got like a slow burny feel to it, but it's really not slow burny because they pretty much admit that they want each other's bodies, like, pretty early on. It just sometimes, it takes them a long time to, like, give in to that, um, <laughs> like, a really long time. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was, it was a good read. And um, somebody on the group recommended it, and it sounded good to me. And so, um, if you were who recommended it, thank you for the recommendation, because, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a, a light love. Um, and... If, yeah, like I said, if that description sounds good to you, check it out. Okay. Okay. So there's my book on the free-for-all. Uh, let's I'm get sold. back to hearing from you guys. First, let's hear from Nara, winner of, winner of recent, uh, our recent trophy raffle. Challenge. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's hear from Nara. Hi, guys. It's Nara. This week I read The Betty Davis Club by Jenny Lauder. It's not a romance. It's a women's fiction. Uh, the end of a runway bride and the jilted groom go on a road trip to find her in a sports car. Amazing. <laughs> it's a funny book written as a homage to the golden age of cinema and screwball comedies. So it's, it's very funny and you can expect some absurd things to happen. And the book is mainly comedy but some serious bits that she tries to put in the book feels a little bit out of place and even if I have some mixed feelings about the book it's one of those I appreciated more after I finished uh, and not during I was the, the read right and I liked the writing and probably would read another book by Jane had she written anything else and that's it bye bye I like the homage to uh 
golden age, golden of, age of cinema. cinema and screwball comedies. Those are those are right up our alley. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I mean, how dare you not talk about a romance book, Nara? You should know better than that. <laughs> That's okay. Kidding. No, I'm just Calm kidding. down, Ellen. <laughs> there kidding. are other books out there. I, I'm not aware of any, but, um, <laughs> no, I appreciate that, mixing it up a little bit. Um, and yeah, that sounds, it sounds yeah. good. Um, again, that was Nara with the Betty Davis Club by Jane Lauder. I mean, it's right there in the title. Betty Davis Club. Right which there. Which just makes me want to sing Betty Davis Eyes. Yes, it does. Which I will stop. <laughs> Yourself from doing? I'm, it's, I'm like white knuckling it what is she, What has she got? She's got? <laughs> Betty Davis Eyes. Um, okay, next let's hear from Natalie on what she has been reading. Hi, Ellen and Mom. This is Natalie and I just finished reading One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Bea Schumacher is a plus-size fashion blogger who has a lot of excuses for not dating right now. She's too focused on her career and on getting over her former friend slash one night stand. But one night after watching Main Squeeze, a show that is essentially The Bachelor, she writes an alcohol-fueled blog post criticizing the show for its lack of diversity, especially the lack of any variation in body size. So naturally it comes as a surprise when the new producer asks her to be the star bachelorette on the next season. Now, I don't watch The Bachelor. I've tried and I didn't like it. It's not for me. That being said, this book delighted me, and I read it all in one day. It made me laugh out loud, grin like a maniac, and cry tears of emotion out of my eyeballs, which is not usual for me. I'm not gonna lie, there are some tough moments, and B has to put up with a lot of crap. Some might say it's too harsh a portrayal of what a woman like B would have to go through in the public eye, but... Anyone who follows plus-size women in media, such as Lindy West or Roxane Gay, is aware that what's included in this book is unfortunately par for the course. Even Lizzo has to deal with this stuff. But the reaction to be as the star of Main Squeeze is by no means one-sided and is not close to being all terrible. I would say that, despite the crap B deals with, this book is romantic and hilarious and hopeful all at the same time. I loved Bee. She's such a great combination of tough and wary while learning to be vulnerable. She is multidimensional with strength and insecurity, so she's a real character who I was happy to root for. Even when she makes mistakes, as we all do, she tries to learn from them and overcome them. There are some other great supporting characters as well, both on and off the main squeeze show, despite a couple obligatory douche canoes. I appreciate that there are characters of different races and different sexual preferences who are treated with respect and don't feel too tokeny, at least to me. Going into the top three of the main squeeze, I wasn't 100% sure who B would choose. I wasn't even entirely sure who I was rooting for, which was definitely a different experience for me while reading a romance novel. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say I was happily satisfied with the ending. While there is romance, the book is definitely more about B discovering her own strength, recovering from past heartbreak, and realizing that she is worthy of love. Now, this is all not to mention the drama of the show within a book that is Main Squeeze. It was so juicy that I, a Bachelor non-watcher, would probably watch it, cringeworthy moments and all. 
It also has some fun nods to The Bachelor, like when at one point there are five contestants named Ben. (laughs) As if I needed another reason to love this book, the dialogue was great. The book is interspersed with little interludes of articles, interviews, and other fun stuff. My favorite interludes and the parts of the book that made me cackle were some live tweets of the show, a main squeeze bracket slack chat, and the transcripts from a podcast team who host an aptly named show called Boob Tube. <laughs> oh, and did I mention there is a Chris Evans cameo? One to watch gets five out of five bends from me. Nicely done, Natalie. I appreciate that that last uh last joke in there that was great um chris evans chris evans yeah that mom mom perked up at that (laughs) uh yeah um that might not be the last we hear of this book spoiler alert um i have watched my fair share of bachelor and bachelorette (laughs) um I I don't watch it too much anymore, mainly just because that show is long. That show is a commitment because it's gotten it's got a lot of fluff in it, uh, which a lot of unnecessary time spent on stuff that it's like, okay, we've been over this. You you're you're looking for love. I get it. You don't need to go over it for the millionth time. I feel like the whole thing is fluff and unnecessary, <laughs> Mom, but that's just me. Yeah, we've, we've gone over <laughs> Mom's reality show uh, stigma. Aversion. Yeah. Um, but that sounds like a lot of fun. And I am intrigued by the you don't know who you're rooting for um, aspect of it because we are not like used that to that. Well. Yes. Um, Usually so, we know when right off who, the, who she's going to end up with. So. Yeah. Uh, so again, that was Natalie with One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Uh, next, let's hear from Paige H, because we have two pages, um, on what she wants to talk about. Hey, Ellen and Mom, it's Paige, the infrequent commenting page, if that helps you identify which one I am. I'm so glad that you guys decided to do this free-for-all. You deserve a break, and we get a ton of recommendations out of it. It's so awesome. I love it. I hope we keep doing this. I'm not going to recommend a new book because I haven't really read this month. I've been pretty busy. So I'm going to recommend an old favorite of mine. I've been thinking about it a lot. I recently recommended it in the group and I'm actually going to reread it soon. The book is The Last Victim by Karen Robards. It's romantic suspense. It's one of my favorite genres and it's the first book in the Charlotte Stone series. There's four books in it. It's my favorite series of Karen Robards and just out of all of her books in general. The heroine, Charlotte, she is a psychologist and she's interviewing death row inmates because when she was 16, she was in the same house as her best friend when her best friend was murdered. So she decided to study the brain and become a psychologist as a way to identify if there's something in a serial killer's brain that makes them turn into a serial killer as kind of a preventative measure so that serial killers can be identified before they actually start killing. We don't actually spend too much time with the death row inmates because she gets a visit from an FBI agent pretty early on. He asks her for her help to find the serial killer who killed her best friend because he's active again. And she agrees because this has been haunting her her whole life. And funny, I should say, haunting. I did not plan that. But Charlotte can actually see ghosts, though she can really only see ghosts 
that I believe have died violently, so I don't remember if she just exclusively sees murder victims or if she also sees the spirits of people who died in maybe like a really horrific accident. So her plan is kind of to go there and see the new victims and find out who the serial killer is and hopefully lay her friend to rest. And now we should get into the hero. And this is crazy, you guys, but he is a literal ghost. He's actually one of her death row inmate patients. So I'm sure that you can guess what happened, but that's not a spoiler because you learn that in the synopsis. It's kind of like Michael becomes attached to her because he feels kind of weird to say he follows her because, I mean, she thinks he's a serial killer, so... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would just be awful if a serial killer was actually haunting you. Jeez, yikes. That'd be bad, but I'm sure that if you guys read it, you will believe that Michael's telling the truth in the interview that you first see with him. He's always maintained that he's not a serial killer, but Charlotte is understandably wary of him. They are kind of enemies to lovers, although I think Michael's always kind of had a thing for her, and she's attracted to him, but she feels bad about that because she thinks he's a serial killer, so. But their bond is intense. I love it. Charlotte and Michael are one of my top one true pairing couples. I love them so much. I'm really excited to read it again to see where it all started because in the fourth book, obviously they're so in love and you just ache for them to be together. I had no idea how it was all gonna work out. It caused me a lot of anxiety, but it was all worth it because it's seriously an amazing story. If you love romantic suspense, I definitely recommend checking this out, and even if you're not super into paranormal, I feel like this is a good blend of paranormal where it's not super out there. Obviously, there is ghosts involved, but it feels natural. Karen Roberts is definitely a queen of romantic suspense writing. I just really love this series, and I hope that you guys check it out and love it too. Alright, it's been fun, but I'm gonna get off now, so I will We'll talk to you guys probably and frequently later. Bye. Thank you, Paige. Um, Sounds very M. Night shyamalan -y. Yes. Um, I I hope it's not too infrequently, Paige. We'd love to hear from you more. Yes. Um, that, you've got me, color me intrigued. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, romantic suspense I love. Yes. Yeah. And I With have- With a ghost? I have one. I've been curious about Karen Robarts because I know she's like one of the greats that is kind of a blind spot for me. Um, it kind of reminds me too, there's this uh, series of by Meg Cabot that I read when I was a teenager um, that is she's in love with a ghost. And the entire, it's like a whole series about these two and the entire time you're like, but how are they going to end up together because he's a ghost? Um, so, yeah. I'm curious yeah. as to how this all plays out. <laughs> me too. So, um, more than anything, I just want to know how that transpires yeah. um some ghost nookie um <laughs> all right thank you again that was Paige with the last victim by karen robards now we're going to hear from another page who i think is probably the one she was referring to as being more frequent um <laughs> so this is page p let's hear what page p has been reading hi this is Paige. i'm calling in with my book report um, I read Where the Lost Wander by Amy Harmon. Uh, some people may consider this, I think, more of a historical fiction. 
Um, but it is it is a romance. You have a hero and heroine and an HEA. So um, I do recommend it. It was difficult coming up with a summary for this one without giving spoilers away. Um, I looked at the Amazon summary and there were spoilers everywhere. I guess kept saying stop stop but they kept going I don't know why they did that so please don't read that summary um, it's basically about the heroine who is Naomi May who heads out with her family um, uh, over the Overland Trail in the mid 1800s along with some other families so they're heading out west and on the trail she uh, meets and falls in love with John Lowry uh, another person on the trail with one of the other families uh, it's, as you can imagine, it, it deals with the Wild West, so it's a very, very angsty book. Um, so some people may not want to read that at this point, and I usually do not like to read that with what all is happening right now. But when I picked up the book, it was a book that I couldn't put down. So I do recommend it. Uh, Amy Harmon is just great at writing a very compelling, emotional book. Um, Penny Reed loved this book. Uh, she compared it to Lonesome Dove and um, Cross with another book, which I can't remember right now. Anyway, so hopefully that's a selling point. And um, I hope someone else enjoys this as well. I love this podcast and I love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paige. Right back at you. This um, is one I've had on my Kindle Unlimited list for a long time, and I haven't gotten a chance to read it, but I really, really, really want to. Yeah, it sounds, def- especially for mom, sounds up mom's alley. Yes. Um, so maybe I'll let mom read it first. And Thanks, Ellen. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, like we said, Amy Harmon. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only read one of her books, and I'm just like, yeah, she's great. Amazing. Like She is she amazing. She did wrong. And, um, and yeah, with the Penny Reed stamp of approval. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, when we had breakfast with Penny Reed, she like was singing the praises of of Amy Harmon, which is what made us read Making Faces. Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, you guys have to read an Amy Harmon. And she listed like several of hers. Yeah. Yeah. This one wasn't out yet though, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this one's her most recent, I think, that just came out. Um, okay. So again, that was Paige P with Where the Lost Wander by Amy Harmon. Um, Thank you for that, Paige. Uh, Next, let's kick it over to Sarah L. um, To hear what she has been reading. She's got a few on here. So let's hear from Sarah. Hi, Noyomo. Sarah here. Uh, I haven't really read much in the past couple weeks. So for the free-for-all review, I decided to go back on my Goodreads list and do a quick review of the last couple non-Noyomo books on my red list. So first is Not Like the Movies by our very own Carrie Winfrey. Uh, This is the follow-up to Waiting for Tom Hanks with Chloe and Nick at the center, and it's sweet and charming and made me break out my Yacht Rock playlist just what I needed this summer. It was great. Uh, Next is Hands Down by the slow burn queen Mariana Zapata. Uh, As a big fan of The Wall of Winnipeg and me, I was excited to finally have Zach's story. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's one of my favorites. There are elements 
I enjoyed immensely, like Zach's teammates and the baking show and the cameos from other characters from Zavada's universe, but maybe I had hyped it up too much in my head. I'll have to do a reread someday and see if my opinion changes. And finally, a book that I'm currently reading is Love Code by Anne Aguirre. Uh, she's been releasing a couple chapters monthly through her mailing list, and it's so good. If you've read Strange Love, which you should because it's fantastic, this is Helix's story. He's a sentient AI that has crashed on a planet that has, and he has amnesia. He's found by a brilliant alien scientist who just happens to be researching putting AI code into organic host. Guess what? The experiment is a success with sexy results. Well, those are my reviews, and I look forward to hearing everyone else's and adding to my never-ending TBR list. Bye! Sarah, the drama in that <laughs> review. That's delightful. <laughs> um, and we should point out, I mean, it was brought up on the Facebook group this week, but it is Chris Brinkley who does the... Well, I don't know that we're supposed to say that yet. Oh. Well, they, they said it on the group. No, they, but they're, she's hinting. She's, she hasn't come uh, out and said. Okay, never but, mind. Yeah, it's Chris Brinkley. <laughs> uh, Shh. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see if we can announce that, if we can say that yet, if she's announced it officially. Um, but yeah, uh, Chris Brinkley is going to do Hands Down Audiobook um, by Mariana Zapata. Um, and... That is on our Kindle Unlimited list right now. Um, it's just finding the time to read a Mariana Zapata yeah. is sometimes a, a challenge. Um, but Love Code, uh, that does yeah. sexy results. <laughs> sexy results. Sarah, that's what got me. To that AI. It's like, what kind of AI are they putting in this guy? Yeah, it's like her, but with body. Um <laughs> Okay, Sarah, thank you for that rundown of uh, what you've been reading. So, again, she had Not Like the Movies by Carrie Winfrey, which we've discussed, Hands Down by Mariana Zapata, and Love Code by Anne Aguirre, which sounds like it's maybe not all the way out, but coming out kind of like what Penny Reid's done with some of her yes. books. Um, okay, let's hear what Sarah S. has been reading. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Mom. This is Sarah Sekulish, and I have my book report for you guys. Uh, but first, let me just say I really love this idea of book reports. I think it's great to be a part of the podcast, if I'm in time or not. But either way, it's just so cool. I can't wait to hear what everybody's been reading. And a little message for Julie. I just wanted to tell you I'm the one who recommended you the Victoria Speedwell series by Deanna Rayburn. So if you've been wondering how you know my voice, <laughs> that's why. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to give that little shout out to you guys before I started. So let me get to it. I don't know how long you want this to be or how spoilery, but um. I'll just try to keep it short and sweet. So I read A Dark and Stormy Night by Kerrigan Byrne, and it's book seven in her Victorian Rebels series. And this one features uh, Chief Inspector Carlton Morley. And people might, if, 
if they've read the series, know the series, uh, they might recognize him from, you know, all throughout the series. Book one is where we first saw him. And um, he's just kind of always been in the background, just kind of, you know, solving the crimes and whatnot. So in the last couple books, I think we got the hint that he was um, a vigilante, like at nighttime, you know, he had like a double life. So at night he was going out, you know, and cleaning up crimes that he couldn't do anything about as a police officer, just, you know, um, he just had to kind of take the law into his own hands for some, some things. So we kind of see in this book, uh, how that came to be and like why he is the way that he is. And just as Kerrigan always does, you know, gives a a bit of the childhood background, uh, which I really like, because um, it really, you know, fleshes out the character a lot. Because Morley was never my favorite. I didn't end up loving him in this book. He kind of, uh, you know, I wanted to slap him a couple times, but he he comes around and it's, it, it's still not my favorite in this series. Uh, that's the Highlander, <laughs> but, um, it, it is, it was a great read and really nice to kind of see his background and, um, and just, you know, see the other side of him because we always see him so buttoned up and, just orderly and regimented and it, it's just it was good to see that duality with him um so the book um this is where it might get a little bit spoilery so if people want to fast forward this part or you want to edit this out we'll do what you have to but um just to have a better idea of what this book's about uh we start out and Morley is investigating a brothel and he's outside and, you know, kind of hiding. And the heroine um, goes there to just kind of have an experience, as they do, <laughs> and literally falls in his lap. And um, they have a rendezvous. And cut to three months later and again I'm gonna get spoilery uh she finds out she's pregnant dun 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 so they end up um meeting again through you know just certain circumstances and she you know tells him uh what's what's happened and they do get married but this isn't even the the main plot of the book it's it's also just them trying to navigate their relationship and 
him learning to trust and uh, open himself up because he has had such a hard, you know, childhood and things he's seen and things like that. Um, and I probably should have mentioned this before, but she was supposed to marry somebody else and then uh, her fiancé, you know, who she didn't love, um, ended up dead and she was found holding the knife and so um, he has to grapple with whether or not to believe her if, you know, she did it or not and she swears she's innocent and um, so, you know, he has to uh, work to find out who did this crime and um, and like I said just learn how to open himself up to this woman you know that he wants to believe so badly and just you know be what she needs be what the child needs and you know so it kind of just goes from there and um, hopefully that made sense, but yeah, I just, I really, um, enjoyed the book. I love this series. It's my favorite historical romance. Kerrigan Byrne is my favorite historical romance author, so I'll read just about anything she puts out. Um, and like I said, it's, it's not my favorite book in the series. It's um, he's not my favorite character, Morley, but it's once you start this series, you can't stop. You have to read them all. So, I really recommend the series to everybody. Uh, someone had asked me once uh, a, a little while ago if you could read this book alone without reading the others. And my gut instinct was to say no, because Morley is such a, uh, he's a side character, but he, he does show up in, I think, just about every book. Um, or, you know, he's, it's not like he's in book one and then you never see him until his book. He's around and, like I said, you get an idea of uh, what he's doing on the side in the last couple books, so um, you're not going to be lost if you read this one alone, but it's such a great series. I really recommend it, and I think it it can't hurt, you know, to just pick up at least book one um, and see if you like it, because like I said, he is in that one, so just see how you like it, and if you don't want to continue on to book two, go right on to book seven, you know, do you. But it's really worth a read, and uh, even though it's just, he might not be your favorite, there's always, there's so many different, she has a way of just making so many different characters, each hero more different, and so it's like, it's impossible not to have a favorite, or you know, love them all, and it's, it's just so, so great, so 
that's basically it. I just wanted to give that little rundown for you guys of, of Dark and Stormy Night. So hopefully you enjoyed it. All right, girls, I'll hopefully talk to you guys later and we could do this again sometime. So yay. All right. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Mom did not listen to all of your <laughs> review. Um, I didn't want to hear any spoilers because I got this on my TBR. Yeah, we we love this series. In fact, I need you guys just need to remind me of when books come out because I just didn't know that this one had come out yet. <laughs> and Kerrigan Byrne. Yeah, we, we love this series. We love Kerrigan Byrne. Um, and she really is... She... She's one of the, I think she's kind of one of the un, underrated historical romance writers um, out there because I think her books are just great. And yeah, I agree. The Highwayman is amazing. Um, but yeah, I've been waiting for Morley's story. So I, I'm, in, I'm curious to, to read it. And, you know, some of those, I did listen to all of your review and some of those plot details have me more intrigued. Well, Ellen doesn't mind spoilers. I yeah. am not a fan of spoilers. Yeah, that is true. Um, again, that was Sarah with Dark and Stormy Night by Kerrigan Byrne. Um, next, let's hear from Shannon on what she's been reading, and it might seem a little bit like deja vu. So here we go. <laughs> Hi, Julie and Ellen and all the other yoyomos. Um, this is Shannon, and I am just um, sending this little recording for the free for all. Um, I decided to do my uh, report on um, a book I listened to on Audible, which uh, is called One to Watch, and it's a first time novel by Kate Stame in London. Um, and it's a contemporary romance about a plus size girl uh, who goes on a bachelor like type dating show. So, um, I'm going to read you what I wrote, um, as kind of the, like, the back cover description. Um, a BBW fashion blogger that is unlucky in love after a long time off and on relationship hits the skids, B posts a scathing review of the current reality dating show not being diverse enough. Surprised, the show's new producer agrees and asks her to be the next star of the show with 25 bachelors for her to choose from. Villains and typical reality antics ensue, and spoiler, she finds her happily ever after in the end. Um, so that's the concept. Um, so what I really liked about the book was that um, she, you know, it was about a plus-size girl in a, kind of a new um, sort of environment. It, you know, kind of... Uh, it was a new take on, you know, a book that takes place as though it's like, you know, episodes of um, a Bachelor type show. Um, so you see snippets of, you know, the dates and you all these different Bachelors and sort of her back thought behind uh, um, them and, and such. So you get all that behind it. Um, what I, I didn't like is it's incredibly choppy because of it. So you don't get the full arc of a relationship and, and it's done in, um, with one narrator only who she did a good job. She, um, if you listen to it on audible, one of the characters is, 
has a French accent. And um, this woman, while she, you know, obviously she could speak French um, because her pronunciation was, was bang on, but uh, it was incredibly distracting whenever she had to use the accent. I just, it took me out of the, the book completely because it just didn't sound right. Um, the characters, you have everyone from bad boys to, you know, the, the token good guy and, um, and all that. So you get all of um, a myriad of different men. Um, the, uh, and the hero in, involved is, you know, right up, um, mom, Julie's alley. She's very, or he's very, um, grumpy and kind of standoffish. So that's kind of neat. There's a whole, uh, you know, all, um, concept of, you know, just different races and there's, um, now, um, LBGTQ type, um, part to it too. So it's kind of very, uh, diverse and it kind of inclusion, uh, has a lot of inclusion to it. So I liked all that about it. Um, it allowed for, you know, very different, uh, discussions and topics, but, I just found it very choppy because uh, just by nature of what it is and anyone who likes a dating show concept may really, really like this book. For me, I prefer a book where you get to see the arc of a relationship um, and you don't really get to see that too much because there's just so little time with the um, hero and the heroine together that you you don't get that full... Um, development of their relationship um thank god there was an epilogue which helps um and kind of you know i would have said that the ending sucked too if it weren't for the epilogue um so that does help and it's a little cheesy in my opinion so you know i i, I liked the book i didn't particularly you know i wouldn't say i loved it um, I don't know if it would have been better if I read it instead, um, but listening to it on Audible, I only gave it three stars. So, um, and, um, yeah, so that's that. I, you know, there's some really romantic scenes, there's some, you know, some, um, you know, it's fairly tame in the, uh, sex department, it's very mom-friendly, and, um, you know, I think it uh, will appeal to anybody who's like really into that uh, reality TV show type thing. Um, but anyone who's a t likes their typical romance, um, where you get to get to see the characters interact and and have banter and that sort of thing, I don't know how well you'll enjoy this book. You may be like me and just kind of think it's just okay. Anyway, that's my two cents. Um, thanks everybody and I uh, hope you uh, enjoy it if you read it okay bye all right thanks Shannon kind of interesting to hear the two different, different opinions not you guys aren't like that far away from differing opinions but um, yeah kind of different takes on the same book uh, so again that was Natalie had talked about it previously but this is Shannon with one to watch by Kate Stamen London um, I'm intrigued by this one, you know, even with your guys' differing opinions, um, just because of, I've, I've, I've dabbled, I've dabbled in The Bachelor. Um, well, you liked and, the other books we read that were reality show yeah, based. Yeah, I did. I loved those because those are like my, 
my reality show catnip in terms of Big Brother and Survivor and Amazing Race and things like that. Um, okay, and then last but not least, we have Taylor. So let's hear what Taylor has been reading. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Ellen's mom. This is Taylor. I am so excited to tell you about this wonderful book I just read. It's called Hookshot by Kennedy Ryan. Hookshot is the third book in her Hoops trilogy. It can be read as a standalone. We actually met the main characters in this book. In the first book, it's Lotus and Keenan. Lotus is Iris's cousin, and Keenan is a professional basketball player and friends with August. They play on the same team, actually. So Lotus is up and coming in the fashion industry. She lives in New York. She has all these wonderful, cool friends. And she works with this fashion designer named JP. Like, she's basically JP's right-hand man in this in his world. Uh, JP is just, like, ready to launch this new line of watches that he created. And he really wants Keenan to model them for their line. Keenan is actually in New York to look at possibly modeling for this company and um, also to be closer to his daughter for the summer. Keenan um, is pretty reluctant to re- to agree to joining this company and modeling for them until he notices that Lotus works for this company and he's been so entranced with Lotus since he first met her that he is basically ready to sign the contract to do whatever he needs to do just so he can spend more time with her. Um, Lotus is also drawn to him, but she keeps him at a distance because, I don't know, there's something about him for her that she knows that if she was to take another step with him to become more than friends, uh, that it would be something deeper. Uh, They are basically fated mates. Uh, So much growth happens between both of them together, and it's such a beautiful book and a beautiful story, and I can't really tell you about any of, like, the swimmiest moments for me, or it'll just spoil most of the book, (laughs) because most of it is pretty swimmy. So, a couple of things. Okay, Mom, Keenan is about... (laughs) 11 years older than Lotus. It's weird to say, but you can't really tell. They bring it up. They talk about it. They talk about it when they first hang out together. They actually decide to just, like, stay friends for a little while. Um, And they keep trying to, like, kind of deny what's between them. But they realized that it would just be easier on both of them if they would just, like, remain friends while he's in New York. Obviously, that does not last long. But, yeah, he's 11 years older. They talk about it. They mention it. They bring it up. They joke about it. And I don't know. It's kind of refreshing. Um, I'm also probably into it. It might be because it's Keenan, but I'm a little bit into it. Anyway, (laughs) uh, on a more serious note, content warning, 
when you first meet Lotus, she is on a journey of healing from the traumatic experience that she had as a child. It is handled with a lot of reverence, a lot of care. It's probably one of the best representations I've seen in the book. Um, it's, it's really well done. Keenan is really lovely and patient with her. He's very understanding and open. Um, and I know this just caused Lotus to fall deep, even deeper in love with him. A lot of the conversations these two characters have with each other, even when they don't agree. This is probably one of my favorite books of the year. I am so in awe of Kennedy Ryan. She's quickly becoming like my Beyonce of romance literature or my Beyonce literature period. She does so much work in just studying and researching and interviewing people when it comes to really hard topics that she wants to write about or just topics in general or anything that she does not feel like she is an authority on, which is basically she stretches herself and that's basically everything she writes about she wants to know more about and she wants each of her characters to feel like a full person. Um, this book, Hookshot, will enrapture you. It is stunning. It is angsty. But it is truly lovely. And even if you get the parts where you're just like, I don't want to read anymore, keep going. The ending is worth it. It's beautiful. All the way up until its final page. And I'm so happy I gave this book a chance. Please give this book a chance. Kennedy Ryan is a queen. You will really enjoy it. You will not regret it. And I hope you guys stay safe and have a wonderful week. Thank you, Taylor. I love Beyonce of romance. <laughs> That's, I mean, and I agree yeah, totally. She, I mean, if you, Taylor, if you have not listened to our episode on Longshot, I recommend that. We got to talk to Kennedy Ryan, um, not on the podcast, but we talk, called her after we had before we recorded. And first of all, if you meet Kennedy Ryan, she's like the loveliest person I've ever met in real life. Um, well, she, she greets everyone like you're just her best friend. Yeah. And, and um, she's just the sweetest person. And um, and then getting to talk to her about her writing process is, um, yeah, you're right. She just researches the heck out of, and she really takes care um, to you know, get her facts straight. Well, she talked us through her process when she did Longshot, which yeah. was about domestic abuse. And yeah. um, it just was so interesting, all that she, all the interviews she did and all yeah. that she tried to pull, she tried to pull from all these different people who she talked to and put it into the book. And she, I mean, I agree. She's one of the greatest writers her, out there. Yeah, her writing is just gorgeous. And every time I read one of her books, I'm like, gosh, she's so good. And like, I think on Hookshot, I just highlighted the first line because I'm like, as soon as I write it, I'm just like, gosh, damn, girl, like, you are so good. Um, but yeah, we both have read Hookshot. And um, yeah, we were waiting for Keenan and Lotus. And mom was saying the the 11 year gap didn't bug her. When they're old enough, it's when, fine. When they're both adults, I'm fine. It's yeah. when she's, you know, 
17 and he's 28, yeah. then I have a problem with the 11 year old age gap. Or but, even 18 and yeah. you know 29 is yes. kind of like. Mm. But when it's but when they're both adults, yeah. I, I have no problem with it. And um, you're right. They're they're just lovely, and Kennedy Ryan's writing is lovely, and she always just I think knocks it out of the park for me. I think. She's yeah. Even so Kingmaker we loved. I mean, yeah. She's just amazing. I need to read Queen Move. That's I need that's yes. on my T- TBR as well. Um so thank you for that. We totally echo everything about Kennedy Ryan. We will sing her praises till the cows come home. Um you guys, seriously, thank you for doing all of these and um it, it exceeded my wildest expectations. We were blown away with all the participation we got and yeah. we love it. I um it was just so fun to get to hear from you guys and um kind of this varying bevy of books that we have here. It's I mean we've got a little bit of everything and I love it. So everybody update your TBR? Yeah, I know I am for sure. Um so that was the free for all. We had so much fun hearing from so many of you. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On September 7th, we will be taking a break week and um, hope all of you fellow U.S. residents have a safe Labor Day weekend. But if you want to get ahead of schedule on September 14th, we will be discussing Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks to all of you. And thanks to mom. What did I do? <laughs> well, I always say thanks. I always say thanks, mom, at the end. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You're welcome, Ellen. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen really does all the work. <laughs> Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.